How many like it uh, when somebody says, I told you so? <laughs> How many can think back over your life and you can think, man, I wish I'd have done that a little bit different? You know, there might have been a relationship that, you know, you maybe should have chose differently or something, you know. These kind of things can happen, can't they? <clears throat> and uh, there's, there's a need for there to be wisdom with regard to choices that we are making. And uh, there's a need to be able to take hold of what we already have in the choice that we have made. And so... Um, you know, it, it, there's a there's an ability for from this point on for there to be help with the choices that we are making, and for it to have to do with what God's already given us. And so, uh, let, let's pray before we get into this. I, I this is very uh, man. God God dropped this into my heart, and I believe it's for. I know it's for me. Can you say this is for me too? I do have the notes in, in our app there if you're welcome to, to join along here if you'd like to. So there's this, there's this phrase that, uh, that's used in the, in the word quite a bit. I think, I think my little search had it 19 times. And some of it's in the Old Testament. And uh, then we have some in the New, though. Sorry, but I want to connect this. And it's a phrase that we don't normally say, uh, um, you know, as we're talking to each other. Hold fast. Do you ever say hold fast to somebody? I don't ever say hold fast to somebody. So <laughs> what does it mean to hold fast? <laughs> it means you're going to take a hold of something, right? And then you're not, it's, it's, it's kind of like you're not going to let it go. You're going to hang on to that thing. You're, it's something you already have and far be it from you to take it from me, yeah. right? You know, I heard somebody talking yesterday a little bit about uh, some of the issues going on in America right now, and and um, and he was talking uh, about how y you can't take from me what I have as a citizen of this country. You can't impose upon me that I am needing something else. I have rights that are given to me by God. And you can't tell me that I'm not blessed. You can't tell me that I'm not prospering. You can't tell me that. The government can't tell me that, that I, I need them. No, I am blessed without their anything. Amen? And you know what? We have, we have this same kind of attitude. What we've been given in Christ is something that it's, it's complete. But you have to take hold of it and you have to hold fast to it, Right? You have to say, no, that that's not going to be something that's going to be take, taken away from me. And so, um, how many know that faith happened before the law ever took place? There was a relationship with God before the law ever came along. And, and what, what the law came along to do was to kind of help people direct themselves towards a godly life that would represent their re uh, relationship with God. And so, uh, in, uh, let's look here in Joshua, because... This is, a, this is a reference to what happened in Deuteronomy. Remember what happened in Deuteronomy? There was the whole giving of the law. There was the whole the, the giving of, of the, the blessings. And there was, a, there was a curse, though, too, wasn't there? Right? It, if you don't take what I gave you and hold on to it and make it bigger than what's going on around you, you'll be in danger of losing what is already yours. 
So what, what does it take to let go of something? All right, I was, I was, I'll just, I'll just confess. I was coming yesterday, and I had, a, I had a cup of, of water or a, of coffee. I didn't realize how much was left in the bottom of it, and my hands are kind of full, and I'm going to release the handle to get out the door. And to do that, what did I have to do? Subconsciously, I dropped my cup. Did you notice? I think I cleaned it pretty well. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sit down, squirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In order for you to take hold of something else, you're going to have to let go of something, aren't you? Right? right. And so the, the, the biggest temptation, and we'll, we'll kind of see this, because this, this happened to the children of Israel. They were giving... They, that, Paul actually says that the law was actually a good thing. It, it was something that if they would have taken it and used it, it, it could have, and it did for some, some of them, uh, it, it, it could have helped them to experience God's presence. But it wasn't just about doing stuff right or wrong. It was about God. It was about loving him. We'll see this here. Let's look at Joshua 22.5. It says, but take heed, take careful heed, to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. So what, what, what is this, uh, the, the importance of doing this command that, that Moses gave them? It, there is a consequence if you don't in, in that setting. But look, look what he, he goes on to say. He says, to do the command, because what happens when, what did Jesus say? He said, if you don't do what I tell you to do, what, is, what, what, is, what did Jesus say? He said, you don't love me. There's this direct connection to doing and loving. And it didn't go away with Jesus. It was enabled with Jesus. Amen? And we'll see how this kind of happens, right? So you're doing all these things, right? To love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, and then to do what? Listen, all these things were, were done in a display of holding fast to him. There's this holding fast that is a realization that I've been given this and I'm not letting go of it to open the door. <laughs> that coffee's not gonna come out of my hand. That's not a very good correlation, but I'm not letting go of anything else, right? To hold fast to him. We've been given, they, they were given this relationship with God that was amazing, that was precious. And what did it take for them to let go of God? They had some neighbors that were attractive, <laughs> that were serving other gods, that had kings. What, and, and it, it was, seemed to be very easy for them to let go of what they had. So it's interesting here. You would think that something as great as what we have, it's what they had, you man, they, they would hang on to it. Remember what happened when the when the ark came in back into Jerusalem and and uh, and the the uh, their enemies were afraid of them because they knew what they had. 
And yet, the children of Israel would let go of it. For what? For surrounding circumstances, for things they were going through, right? For what's going on around us, and actually just for soulish desires, things that we want. They let go of it, right? Let me finish this. To hold fast to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. (laughs) So the law was given to them, not just so that they could have something that they would be under, but they could have something that they could serve him with. They say, oh, God says to, to, to be this. Remember, David, the 119th Psalm is all about, man, I love it when God says something because it's my chance to love him back, to love him by responding to who he is. Amen? And for, and for it to consume my life. But what is this? Because, it, man, I, I, want us to, I want us to lay hold upon this today. Can you say, I'm going to lay hold? So to hold fast, you got to lay hold first, right? <laughs> you're going to have to realize what you have, and you're going to have to take hold of it. And you're going to say, no, that's mine, and you're not going to take it from me. Amen? Okay. So this was established. <laughs> it said, Joshua, he's going in to, he's, he's going to take him in there, isn't he? Into the promised land. He said, but the thing you're going to have to do most of all is is hold fast to what you have. Amen? Boy, it was so easy for them in the wilderness, right? To just let go of it. All right. Let's go to Jeremiah 8.5. There will be holding fast either to truth or to to deceit. This is what I want us to see, really, because, man, I'm preaching to the choir. Y'all are wonderful people. You're smiling at me, and you love God and everything else. But we are continually in this world, aren't we? Aren't you glad we're not of it? We're in it, though. So we're continually being, uh, having stuff coming at us. <laughs> we're human. And we are already holding on to something. We're holding, you know, a lot of these things are very valid. We hold on to our family, don't we? Boy, you better not touch my family. I've got a, I've got a Glock that tells me you're not going to. All right. <laughs> you know? Why? Because that's mine. They're not going to touch it. Right? Um, but it need not be that what we're holding on to is taking us away from a grasp of him. Yeah. That our, our holding on to what we have in him can't be let go to hold on to something else. And it doesn't matter what it is. Remember, Jesus, man, it just, how do you relate to this? You got to hate your family? Well, he's saying compared, it's not, it can't be something that you let replace me. It, you can't, it's going to have to have priority. This is what I found in my life. You know, I, I'm, I'm so blessed. My dad is, is getting close to glory right now. And he's, you know, and I've just been so blessed because he, he's an example to me of the more you hold fast to the relationship that you have in God, the more your grasp is going to be for the things that do matter. It's going to be included in that grasp. But the more you let go of that grasp of God, the more those other things are going to slip. And you're not going to be able to care for them because it's not you that's going to care for them. 
It better be in the grasp of him. Man, can you hear this? Because this is, this is essential. We got people with testimonies of that, right? I know. No, Stephen, you shared some stuff with me. But you, you make sure that he, the grasp of him is above anything else. You start to say that I've got to do this instead. You start to put family. You start, start to put jobs. You start, start to put anything else in your life. You say, no, God will understand that I'm letting go of him for this during this moment. Can you hear this? <laughs> now, I, I know there's times when we're going to do some things, right? And, and he's a big part of that, but it, he has to be our grasp. We're holding fast onto him. Amen? Because look at this in Jeremiah 8, 5. It says, why has this people slidden back, Jerusalem, in a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. Now, here's the wonderful thing about God. He's not mad at us if we don't. He, he doesn't, he's not mad at us when we let go. In fact, he, he doesn't change his position at all towards us. Isn't that cool? But he says, how can you be so deceived that there's some other kind of thing that, you, that will occupy that place in your heart that only I can occupy? Come back to me. Man, I'm, isn't this wonderful? This, is, this has actually been something, I, I'm still learning this. That God's never mad at us. He just wants us to come back. He just wants us to come near all the time. Amen? But look at here. He's saying you can actually hold fast to deceit. And then that's happening big time in our world around us. But we don't have to get caught up in that, do we? We don't have to get caught up in the conflict of it. It's a deception. It's a bait that Satan wants to use against us to cause us to get into offense and to start losing our, you know, the biggest grasp we have is, is on love. We'll get to this a little bit. But it, it, that what we have, the biggest thing that we have is the ability to not be offended and to not hold something against somebody. <laughs> All right? All right. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30, 19. So here's the, he told us so. Did you know that God already told us so? If we go through something. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have said before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose what? Life. That both you and your descendants may live. Now what's he talking about? He's, he's talking about holding on. Uh, man, you can Read the context around here, but he says, man, you got to live in this day in and day out. You, you meditate therein day in and day out that you, you can, it's like, buddy, that was in your offering today, wasn't it? That you make your way prosperous and you have good success. Where does that come from? That's not, the focus isn't on good success. The, the focus is on holding fast. You're holding fast to what you have in God. It's not something you're trying to get. You're holding on to what you already have. Amen? <laughs> All this is good. He says, but you're, you're going to have to choose this. You're going to have to choose what you're holding on to. 
Because you're going to get some other options. And you're going to have to say no. This is why worship is so important to, 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 to value what we have in him. It's not just wonderful songs that we decide whether it's a good song or not based upon how many goosebumps go up our back. Right? right? No, it's, it's, it's a tool that we're, we're always utilizing to, to see God bigger and to see him for who he really is so that we can say, you're never going to take him from me. Yeah. I'm not going to be deceived by anything in the world that I have to let go of God in order to take care of that myself. Can you see that? All right. Let's go to Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Don't you like Proverbs 3, 5 through 6? <laughs> this is just wisdom, isn't it? Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All of your heart. So let's just think about holding fast here just a second. Again, it, it implies that it's something that you already have that's being attempted to be taken away from you. Is that right? And what this is, is there's going to be things that come against you and trusting in the Lord with all your heart and leaning not on your own understanding, that means in, in everything that you're doing, you're not just going to acknowledge him. I mean, I, I, really, I really want to know what acknowledging is because it's not just saying, oh, Gloria's here today. Oh, God's. It's not just saying, oh, oh, I recognize that God's in the world. No, it's saying, what does God have to do with what I'm going through? And what has he already provided for me in that? Otherwise, I'm just seeing him from afar. He's not really affecting me right now. Can you see that? In all your ways, acknowledge him. And, and what he's going to do is say, I've already got a path for you to take. I've already got something for you to do. Amen? So what are you doing then? You're saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to that. That's what trust is. That's why it's so sweet to trust. You're not, so many times we, we want to start really getting sorrowful when we're thinking about trusting. It's like we're, God's going to come through somehow. You, you know what I mean? It's like, he's, we, if, if, I just, if I just be mournful enough in his presence, he's going to somehow make it happen for me. And it's like, no, trusting is saying he's already done it. I'm laying hold upon what he's already given me. Can you see that? <laughs> and then it will change. It will take you from sorrow to joy. It will make you glad. You know where your strength is? It's not in sorrow. It's in joy. And that's what you get in, in, in acknowledging him. And holding on, you get, you get the fulfillment of what your heart really desires. And it's already there. Amen. All right. John 16, 13. So, praise God. We saw what the Old Testament was. And that was before the Spirit was poured out, right? And there was a necessity in that. There was a necessity in it for people to... to, to Realize what they needed to do to comply with a godly life. But Jesus came, and when he came, he gave us that ability on the inside now. Right? Yeah. And it's something we already have. But what is the purpose? Why is it called the Holy Spirit? 
Because it's not fleshly, right? It's not about, it's not world. It, that God didn't give us the worldly spirit, did he? He gave us the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit came to do what the law could not complete. But it's still the same purpose. It's to transform our life into a godly life so that we trust the Lord in everything. We trust that what he said, he's already provided for us. You know, I'm glad that there's fulfillment of what his promises already are that we can look forward to. But faith is believing in what we've already been given and laying hold upon it and saying, you know what? You don't need faith unless you need to lay hold on something. When you already have something, you don't need faith for it, do you? No. There is no faith without holding fast. Because what holding fast to is a promise that's already yours. Amen? So it will require some revelation sometimes for you to really know that it's yours. So Jesus is talking about this. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Now, how many have this relationship with the Holy Spirit? Isn't it wonderful? But can you see that there's a side of this that his purpose is to guide us. Remember, remember what we were looking at, I think it was in Jeremiah, we were just looking at it. He said, how can, they be, how can they be holding fast to deceit? How can we keep from being hanging on to something that is deceit? You know, it doesn't matter that we've been born again. It doesn't matter that the Holy Spirit's come to reside on the inside if we're not holding fast to what he's come to do in us. Can you see that? <laughs> if, if we're being moved by, by circumstances around us, we might as well be the children of Israel in the wilderness because they had a promise that they did not hold fast to. They let go because of some circumstances around them. We can do that very easily. You know, the things that can come against us, relationships, offense, sickness. Why do we need to take authority over sickness and be free from these kind of things? (laughs) Because they are challenging our hold on what Christ has already given us. And either we say, God has to still do something, or we say, no, he's already done it. I'm holding fast to that. Amen? Yeah. You know, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a healing anointing that we can experience, and we can have somebody pray for us. But there's a holding fast to what Jesus has already given us, that we say, you're not taking that from me. Right. Amen? <laughs> but there's going to there's gonna have to be a relationship with the Holy Spirit that quickens that to our spirit. Amen? And that absolves the ability for anything to take that out of our grasp. Amen? That's why we meditate therein day and night. Not in the old law, but in what we have in Christ. Amen? We lay hold upon that. But we have, if we're not, we're being led by something else. 
If we have a downcast spirit, why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your trust in God. Amen? <laughs> in something that, that he has yet to do or something he's already given you? Something that's already, no. Holding fast is saying it's mine and you're not taking it from me. Man, we have to get the revelation of this. Okay. So, we already have that, that spirit on the inside. We do not have to be holding on to deceit at all. But we have to be listening to the Holy Spirit. We have to be communing with that Holy Spirit. And he will never lead us into a place of despair. He will never. That's deceit. That's backsliding. <laughs> that's, that's a slippery slope into despair. Amen? Uh, not amen. Let's don't say that. So be it. No. We're not believing for that, right? 1 Corinthians 15.1. <clears throat> Did you know that what you're holding on to is the revelation, is the proclamation, it's the demonstration of what you actually believe. Otherwise, maybe you didn't really believe in the first place. Nothing personal. Nothing personal, but where there's belief, there's evidence of it. Where there's, where there's belief in, in, in what we have, you cannot help but hold on to that. Amen? Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand, by which also you are saved. If. Isn't that interesting? He's, he's talking to a bunch of people that, I'll bet you they filled out a card even. You know? That's how saved they are. And but 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 here's here's Paul talking about not just not just this amazing grace that has already taken them where they could never go by themselves. He's talking about a doctrine that he's given them about what Jesus came and provided for them that goes beyond just believing that he he's your savior. But everything that that means. And he said, I've given you this doctrine of what you already have. It's, it's not just information, it's reality. Right? Yeah. And by which also you are saved. And man, he went ahead and did it. He put an if after that. That's so rude. It's a free gift, right? It's a, yeah, but we're going to have to do something with it, aren't we? If you what? That means somebody's going to try to take it from you. That means a circumstance is going to try to take it from you. That means something you're going through is going to try to challenge that and say it's not true. And either you're going to hang on to it because you really believe or look it. Unless you believed in vain. Man. This isn't very encouraging, is it? Unless we're getting inspired to hold fast. Can you see this? 
we have to hold fast to what we have. And it's, it's going to be obvious that we are. Amen? It's kind of like a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago on Wednesday I was talking about there's a sound of freedom. There's a sound of victory. And you can't have the sound of defeat and the sound of victory coming out of the same mouth. And either you have revelation of the victory that's been won for you and it sounds like it or if there's something else coming out you haven't quite got to that area of believing that it's yours. Can you see that? Unless you believed in vain. All right. This is not us though, is it? But there but I want to encourage us. We have to be we have to not just let anything run through our mind and just be reactionary. We have to be the ones that decide. We're the testers. How many how many testers do we have here today? Say hey, I'm a tester. So why don't you explain it before I confess it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Okay, let's read 1 Thessalonians 5.21. It tells us to test all things. That means every thought. Right? Every response. What are we supposed to think on? Whatever's good, true, honest, just, pure and lovely. My wife is helping me very much here. And good report. Which things are you supposed to think on? And what if you're not thinking on those things? You're being led. You're being led by something else, aren't you? Is that right? That means something other than the Holy Spirit is your guide. Is that right? And you've released what you've been given as this wonderful gift on the inside to follow after deceit which the scripture we just saw calls backsliding. We used to use that word more frequently. <laughs> but this happens. It's a reality. Sometimes we say, well, where is God? Man, does that sound like somebody that ever believed? Or if they believed, it was kind of like in vain. <laughs> right? We're not, David said some of that as we said, well, David said that. Well, we're not him. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside. Either we lay hold upon what we have and we say, you're not taking that from me. You're not gonna, I'm not gonna release the truth on the inside to release a wine instead of victory. Can you see that? (laughs) So test all things and then what do you hold on to? Hold on to what's good. Amen? Now, here's the thing about being in in a body of Christ, about being among believers. We we have opportunities in relationships, even even when I'm talking right here, we have have an opportunity to either be put off by something that we're we're not quite in agreement with yet, or to say, I'm just going to take the good, and I'm not going to get over into criticism. Not going to get over into division and strife. Who who's the author of that? <laughs> you know, we're supposed to take what's good and let the other go. Amen. And then if something can be helped for what is out of place, then you're there to help it. But if you're part of the accuser, which side are you on? Right? No, we hold fast. That means. 
No, there's, there's, there's a treasure here that I have in the body of Christ. There's a treasure here that I have in these relationships that you're not going to steal that from me. You're not going to steal that from me with some stupid offense. Can you see that? All right. 2 Timothy 1.13. How many holder fasters do we have? How would you say it? Hold fasters. Older or fasters. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Second Timothy 1.13. Hold fast. Look at it. It's in the New Testament. Hold fast. The pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Look at this. What are these? What are, what are the foundations? You know, you can, there's so much to get into with him. But faith. We've already touched this. But what does faith require? It, it requires Saying, seeing into the realm things that aren't seen and we're saying that they are and we're taking hold of things that are promised to us as if they are already ours. Amen? This is the problem with the children in, uh, in the wilderness is they thought that they were have to, had to get something that wasn't already theirs. He said, it's already yours. Yeah. Right? right? And they thought they had to go do something. No, there were some giants that were going to come down, some walls that were going to come down, but it's because it was already theirs. Not that they had to do that to get it. Amen. It was already theirs. <clears throat> he said, this, these words, these sound words that I've given you, they're about faith and they are about love, which are in Christ Jesus. Don't you like that? Not, that's something you have to get. They're, they're there. What we have in him is something that the enemy's going to try to take away. He's going to try to take it away by saying, doubting what the promises of God. That's what faith is, right? Standing on those things and then acting on it. And then love is, is one of the biggest things. We're not moved by anything that somebody does. We can't be offended. We can't be hurt. This is, this is how, how many... Realize how incredible it is, God's love for us. Do you ever just take a look at yourself and say, how in the world does God like me? Or is this just me? Oh, just. <laughs> right? That's an amazing amount of love. That's an amazing amount of, I was thinking about this the other day when I, I, was, I was trying. Now, I'll say this very understandably is I was trying to pray to him and with the awareness of how far short we come in relation to this amazing God. You know what I mean? It's like, God, I'm here. I don't know exactly. I, I'm not going to do everything perfectly. And it just hit me. It's like how, how much he puts up with us because he just loves us so much. Amen? And, and, he, and then he expects that out of us too. He said, you're my children. So this is what, this is what you're going to... And he says... This, this treasure you have in my love, it's, it's something you're going to actually have to hold on to. And you're, you're going to know that you're holding on to this thing and nothing's going to take it away by how you display it. <laughs> the revelation of God's love is not going to ever be uh, experienced without it being displayed and operated in. Amen? That means you're going to have to hold on to it. 
Love, walking in love isn't saying, oh man, I'm just walking in love towards that person. You wouldn't believe it. Let me tell you how much I'm having to walk in love towards it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not that. It's not, no. Love is what I already have. You're not taking that away from me. It doesn't matter what it is. Can you see the other side of it we have to get on? <laughs> love isn't something that I'm trying to acquire. It's something that's been given to me that's not going to be taken away from me. Yeah. It's another side to get on. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. So in the Old Testament, they had a law that would help them to do this thing. They, they fell far short, but we've been given the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he's going to come and he's going to live on the inside of us. And when you get the Holy Spirit, you get Jesus, right? And he said, when you get Jesus, that means you have faith. You have love. You're not trying to get it. And the Holy Spirit that's come to be on the inside of, it's not to just so I can just pray in the Holy Ghost and feel good thing, uh, about things or, or, or to just have, man, I love that. Don't you like that? I just love feeling, experiencing the presence of God. But you know what? There's a very powerful purpose in the Holy Spirit. And that's to secure in us this revelation that faith is what we already have. Love is what we already have. And by the Spirit, every time we're, we're in the Spirit, follow, walking in the Spirit, what we're doing is we are laying hold upon what we already have. These powerful things that we have. Amen? That good thing which was committed to you, how do you lay hold upon it? By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to secure that in us. <laughs> All right. All right, I got just a little bit more. Are you good? Yes. This is important, isn't it? Yes. We got to lay hold upon these things. <clears throat> Hebrews 10, 23. There's a hard confession that directs what is held fast. Did you know how important it is? Now, how many sometimes you're just down in your spirit and it's just like, it feels overwhelming. <laughs> and what the temptation to do is to go ahead and yield to that and express what you feel. He said, I'm just being honest. About what? Right? You're being honest about how much bigger a deception is than what a reality is. So, here's what we can do. And it's not that we're, we're, we're being dishonest. What we're doing is we're intentionally by the Spirit... We're determining what's going to come out of our mouth. Because what comes out of your mouth is powerful. Jesus said, my words are spirit in their life. You know what? Our words are spirit in their life. Amen? So what we can do, because we get knowledge of this, we get knowledge of faith, we get knowledge of love. When we're feeling overcome, uh, oh, what is that? Um, We, we get rid of the spirit of deceit, the spirit of, of uh, overwhelming by what we say. You begin to say what you've come to know, the understanding you've come to know. And what it does is it praises the reality of what's already yours. And it lays hold upon it. Amen? The, 
We're not just, it's not just a vain babbling. It's not just a vain repetition. No, it's a calling up of what the Holy Spirit is already on the inside. And it's saying, I'm going to say this. And what happens when you say that is your mind gets help. The whole problem is in the mind. The mind has is, is fallen prey to a deception. And you start to say what you know the word of God says about what you already have. And it gives the mind a chance to get hooked up with what you already know. But the enemies come to attack with. One of our most powerful weapons is what comes out of our mouth. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast. Huh. So there's a holding fast. What the, one of the biggest things that the enemy can do, if, if the enemy can get our mouth on his side, slam dunk. He's got us. This is why it says, hold fast to your confession. I'm feeling this way, but you're not going to get me to say it. Right? I'm going to only say what the word of God says. I'm going to hold fast to what God says. Amen? And in that process, there's a release of not something you're trying to make happen. Something that's already yours. That's why it's holding fast. Can you see that? Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. If he's promised this, that means it's already ours. So all it needs is, can you realize how, it's like if you gave your kid, you know, a, a Lamborghini, you know, I know this is really out there, but, you know, when it's sitting in the driveway and, and, and uh, you give them the keys to it and they, they come up whining to you saying, oh, but would you please give me a Lamborghini? Would you please give me a Lamborghini? I just really wish I had a Lamborghini. Really bad example, but you can see what I'm talking about, right? How rude it is to God. He sent Jesus. He paid the price so that we could be complete in him. And then we're asking for something he's already given to us rather than laying hold upon it like it's ours. Can you see that? He's faithful who promised. He's already made the promise. He's already said you got the Lamborghini in the driveway. Just go lay hold upon it. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> and don't waver. This is why it, it's a way of life that requires transformation. This, this renewal of the mind. We don't conform to the world. The, the world is, the, the conforming to the world is to be moved by anything that we're surrounded by. And for it to occupy our mouth and to occupy our, our state of mind. Right? But what, what do we do? We say, no. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. You know what? It doesn't say by the word of God. That's going to be part of it. But it's also by the spirit. The spirit's the one that came to, to guide us into truth, isn't it? So what do we have in these things? Man, we got to lay hold upon this stuff. Say, no, I'm not going to be like the world. I don't have to go that way. I don't have to die in the wilderness, <laughs> right? All right, I've got one more here. Aren't you glad that there is an end? 
Yeah. They're, they're, they're getting all excited about me being dead in here, I think. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> so those, we can look back and we can say, I listened to the Holy Spirit. And this is why Revelation is so good about this. He said, there's going to be people that did this. Do you want to be one of those? You know what? We cannot look to the world for our example. We can't look to the church itself alone. Because you know what? If you look at the church, you're going to get hurt. Some of the biggest hurts I've found are in the church. You know? The church is not my God. Amen? I'm part of the church because of my God. And he keeps me. He keeps me safe. <laughs> Amen? Keeps me safe from, from offense, from the things that would cause me to let go of him. I've seen so many people get hurt in the church and let go of God. <laughs> Isn't that weird? No, he says, no. There's going to be those who held fast to what Christ came to give them. And they get a reward. Look at what this reward is. I think it's, this is really precious. Revelation 3.11. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast. What are you supposed to do? There's, there, there's a command to do this. That means I'm going to have to be active in this. That means there's something that I have that I cannot let come out of my grasp. Can you see that? Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Can you say this? Nobody's going to take my crown. Yeah, actually got to get some attitude, don't you? It's got to be <laughs> little, oh, I don't know. I was thinking about Will Smith, but I don't know if that's the best example. But <laughs> I was thinking about uh, that first sitcom he was in. Fresh Prince, didn't he? He kind of had a lot of attitude, didn't he? Yeah. Nobody's going to take my crown, you know? You have to have some attitude about this. There, there has to be, you know, I know who I am. You're not going to take that from me. Yeah. Amen? So what happens, though, when you, when you lay hold on these things? When you say, nobody's going to take my crown. God likes this. We're actually taking what he's provided for us and, and making it ours. And he says, yes. <laughs> My purpose is being complete in this person, right? And, and he calls it overcoming. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. Now, when, when you think about a name, what do you, what do you think about? When you think about Tesla, what do you think about? All the stuff, right? All the stuff he's produced, all, all those cars. Well, when you think about, I mean, he's done so much other stuff besides that. But So when you think about his name, you think about innovation. You think about, you think about all, the, all the things he's produced, right? 
And he ain't nothing compared to our God. You know what I mean? And he's saying, I'm going to take everything, everything that I can do in somebody, everything that I can produce in somebody, and it's going to be on you because you've laid hold on it. Amen? What we have in God is everything that he is, everything that he can do. It's huge. Amen? He, he doesn't want to do it from somewhere afar. He wants it to be us. He said, those who overcome, what are they overcoming? The temptation to let go. Amen? What are we, we're not going to do this, are we? We're not going to let go of what we have. We're going to hold fast to that. This passage says holding fast equals overcoming. Equals overcoming. And equals the application of not just God far away, but his very name, everything that he is, everything that he can do. He says, I'm putting it not around you. I'm putting it on you. Isn't that cool? He, he doesn't want to just be a God far away. He wants to be God in us. The hope of glory. Praise God. 